Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas, the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood, tips and tricks, products we love, and brands that we can't live without. Let's get into it. So, yay! You're back! Yes, I'm back. I'm alive. What a weekend. I mean, you know what it's like because you did it a couple of months ago, but Jesus Christ, moving house in lockdown. Oh, I am absolutely wrecked. Oh my God. How's it been? Yeah, I just, you know what? I think moving is one of the most stressful. Don't they say it's one of the top three most stressful things that you can do in your life? Yes, they do. Um, so, yeah, Saturday was pretty hell. Um, But yeah, it was fine. And actually, I think um, under the circumstances, it all went absolutely fine. It was just really long. Like We were still moving at 11 o'clock at night. And thank God for Dozer because he basically did, did all the heavy lifting and all the moving. And now it's really nice because we're in the house and we can just make make nice. Yeah, that's, actually, that's quite the not like a nice thing about moving in lockdown is that yeah. you haven't got to go out to work. I know you obviously are at the weekend, but, you know, Monday to Friday, you're at home and you can sort of get on with little bits and pieces, can't you? And there's no rush as well. And it's so cute because the last couple of nights because we, we we did bunk beds for the girls they're in one room together but the bunk daughter hadn't had time to put them up it took like five hours to do it so the last oh. two nights Luna's been sleeping in Kit's room on a little bed and the oh. two of them have like last night I could just hear them chatting at the door and I was like are you okay Andrew I'm just chatting to my brother I'm keeping him safe from the dark and I was like oh my god this is so cute oh that is really sweet and that they've both been okay with like moving and stuff I, I mean Luna like she's such an emotional little soul there's always one I think think um that takes it harder than the others but yeah she's a bit unsettled but you know what we had this discussion didn't we last week G that I think the kids are really feeling it yeah I think they are I, yeah I, I was just thinking about that moving as well she probably yeah she probably won't like won't get it for a bit but I've seen the garden and she loves she's gonna love that isn't she so yeah <laughs> and I did the playroom yesterday the playroom looks like you know what I'm obsessed with getting all the kind of toys and everything ready for them so they came you know they're like I'd been working on it they've been playing in the garden they came in they were just like oh my god this is amazing so I did my mum duty yesterday I worked hard at it today is just a case of like unpacking my clothes which I'm quite excited about uh what's oh, going on with you um I've actually just been digging up the garden <laughs> I swear like do you know what actually I've been thinking about this I do a lot of the manual labor in this house the other day I had my hand down a drain because my husband was sure he'd seen a rat go down there so but it was fine for me to put my hand down there just not and then, yeah. no just not his and today I've been digging 
while he was standing holding the wheelbarrow. I'm going to start calling you Charlie Dimmock, except yeah, I mean, except I wear a bra. Yeah. I will obviously always wear a bra. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate! Well, oh, I can't yeah. wait to see you. And after obviously Sunday oh. night, we had um, we had more of a kind of update from Boris or not. I mean, it was all a bit confusing, wasn't it? It was kind of those people that can go to work should go to work, but stay at home. It's like, what? Yeah, it's all quite confusing. And I guess I guess you can't go through everyone's individual circumstances, which I completely yeah. get. But I think a lot of people were just left like none the wiser, really. Don't yeah. really know what's going on. Yeah, I think we just, like we always say to each other, I think we just need to keep taking it day by day. Because if you Absolutely. look at the bigger picture, the uncertainty is quite overwhelming. How did you feel on Monday morning? I just felt a bit, I sort in my head, and I shouldn't have done this, and I, you know, it's wrong to do this. I sort of thought he might have spoken about, you know, opening your um, bubble a bit and being able to see a few, you know, a few people, a few groups yeah. of people. And that was really the most important thing to me of anything. That's mm. the thing that I was looking forward to. And so I did feel a bit like deflated that um, that wouldn't be happening. And yeah. also, confused about I know he said like reception kids can go back to school in on the 1st of June but does that mean preschool Maybe. kids as well I mean because I mean I mean I'm in two minds anyway like what the best thing to do is because how on earth do you tell a three-year-old to social distance <laughs> <laughs> all they want to do is lick the people that they I see I know it just yeah I mean I just felt a bit yeah deflated how about you same as you exactly the same as you um trying to keep positive but actually woke up just feeling really flat and do you know what's been helping is doing like we trained today this morning we trained in, in the garden and actually that really helped me sort of reset again and just be like right I can do this if I don't exercise I just feel really shit really yeah tired. I do as well actually I'm not I haven't done any exercise today although I think digging up a garden is oh no you're fine. That's fine no but I'm gonna when the kids are in bed tonight I'll, I'm gonna go out and do something yeah. Um, yeah, I need it to does. Go for a walk I think as well I haven't been out of the house I haven't actually been for a walk since Friday and it's now Tuesday so I feel I haven't been around your new area I haven't been around my new area yet <laughs> like that. hi everyone hello so yeah let, look let's get into the chat we actually only recorded this earlier on today um and it was a really fantastic story wasn't it by the person that was telling it yeah and I you know before we start there were you know it, it could seem like it's a horror like a horror story mm. but actually hopefully the way Natalie um talks about it you'll realize that yeah you know sometimes birth doesn't go to plan and she has been through something absolutely terrible but she's still laughing and she's still grateful and she, you know she she wouldn't change anything for the world and she's happy and she's come out the other side of it so yeah. um yeah if you're pregnant and listening to this don't think that this is something that happens all the time it doesn't it, happen yeah, all the time. it doesn't but we definitely feel it made by mamas Georgia and I really like lifting the lid and kind of you know I think like we said with the Laura Canty podcast about postnatal depression that it's really important for people to tell their stories because yeah. like, every single birth is different and you know you might have the most wonderful experience and that is incredible but also you know on the flip side of that it might go not to plan and it, and it might end up you know, you might end up feeling really grief stricken afterwards and it might be a horrendous ordeal for you. So it's absolutely okay to kind of talk about what well, we feel to talk about both sides of the coin. 
Definitely. I think going into birth, knowing that it might not go to plan is probably one of the best things that um, you can do. Because if you think it really is going to go to plan and it doesn't, you're going to be more heartbroken. If you go into it knowing that it might not go to plan, then I feel like you're sort of preparing yourself and you might not take it so hard. Yeah. Um, I don't know about you, but I just love hearing people's birth stories. So do I. All day. Right. Well, look, let's get into it. We'll stop nattering. Uh, Today's chat is with Natalie Pinkham. So another day, another podcast, remotely sitting from our houses with our laptops. And this one is a very special one uh, to Georgia and I. Um, we, I know this lady very well, personally. Uh, Georgia is obviously a fan of hers as well. We've watched her on our screens for a very long time. She's best known for presenting the F1 on Sky. Uh, she's a fitness fanatic. She is mum to two, the bloody gorgeous Wilf, who's five, and Willow, who's turning four in June. It is Natalie Pinkham. Yay! Yay! Hello, Pinks. How are you doing? What an introduction. I'm not sure how I follow that. (laughs) How's lockdown going? Well, it's good, but I was um, thinking that we were going to be in vision for this podcast, so I am all dolled up and nowhere to go. (laughs) (laughs) Washed <laughs> my hair. I've put makeup on and everything, and it's oh all my goodness! Because anyone has kids that will see it. You can send us a photograph. We'll do us a little video and we'll put it up. There you go. Your husband, husband's probably gone. Oh wow, what's different about you? You're like this is what I look like with makeup on. <laughs> <laughs> the poor guy has had the fright of his life over the last few weeks, just seeing what I really look like. <laughs> Oh my God, me and Georgia talk about this all the time, that actually every time we catch ourselves in the mirror, we're a bit horrified because we haven't put makeup on or washed our hair for about seven weeks. I know, I thought I would be one of these people who gets myself up and washes my hair and puts my makeup on anyway. And I honestly have not put a scrap of makeup on for eight weeks not one single bit I have no incentive like no inclination to do it whatsoever just to have a shower in the morning let's it's a treat and and to like have the space to just have a bath a bath a bath before you'd have a bath and you'd like maybe do your moisturizer put a bit of tan now it's like I'm just gonna have a bath and that's how I roll I'm just not gonna do anything else my 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 beauty regime's gone very very low maintenance (laughs) what I'm gonna admit though now on this podcast is that since lockdown what I do it's on the top floor of our house as you know it well Zoe um, because you've stayed in the room that I'm in at the moment is I say oh I've just got a call to do and we agree that the only place that's quiet to do work calls is the top uh, spare room and what I actually do is sneak and have a bath in the middle of the <laughs> that is such a good idea oh my god <laughs> I know come all flushed he's like oh what's been going on upstairs Nope, just had a bath. <laughs> just smelling clean. Um, now, listen, um, Pinks, we wanted to chat to you um, today to kind of cast your mind back to um, the period of time when you were pregnant and you had your beautiful babies because you definitely didn't have uh, straightforward labours. Um, and we think it's a really interesting topic, something that we haven't discussed before. So let's just go back to when you were pregnant with Wilf and let's just talk about your pregnancy and how that was. Yeah, so um, we got pregnant pretty quickly, which was great. Um, and the pregnancy itself was fantastic I actually loved being pregnant I felt great I had loads of energy um, and I kind of went dreamily into uh, 
labor thinking oh this is I was a bit, bit of a hippie done my playlist done the hypnobirthing was no pain relief whatever you know oh <laughs> <laughs> um I love it when people uh well myself included have their first pregnancy and just think it's just all going to be plain sailing now listen I tell you one thing I will say before anything else is that um it used to drive me nuts when people gave me advice through pregnancies because no birth is the same. Um, no one person's experience is the same as another's. And the best advice that I was ever given and can ever give is to listen to your own body. You're yep, the only absolutely. that knows your body. And it's really weird because I remember sitting in our old house in Wandsworth with our other friend, Sarah Jane, me, my husband and my mum. And we were just having supper and I suddenly felt very strange. And I just said to them all, I said, look, I don't feel like he's moving. I don't like he was real kicker. And I just didn't feel like he was moving so much. And of course, they were all quick to say, look, you know, I'm sure it's fine. Don't worry about it. You know, it's your first pregnancy. You're not used to, and you kind of feel guilty when you when you ring up and make a yeah. making a bit of a fuss, don't you? Yeah. Um, so anyway, I rang up and I said, Look, I just don't feel my baby's moving as much as he use, usually does. Anyway, long story short, we went in and sure enough, they put a heart rate monitor on him, and uh, his heart rate had just plummeted, and oh, I yeah. had. Um, Unbeknown to me, he'd been ingesting meconium. There was meconium in my waters when when the, my waters broke. So basically, I went in, yeah, and they, um, yeah, they. I mean, this is what I go back to: is that you have to listen to your own body. And that, of course, I'd never been pregnant and caught before, and I'd never had a baby before. But I did know that something didn't feel right. It was just a gut feeling, and it's just physically, I just felt odd. And sure enough, so they whipped me straight into theatre and yeah it's strange because talking about it even five years on I kind of get a bit sort of emotional in a bit yeah, of and feel a bit weird about it how far gone were you at this point were you full term yeah yeah I was six days over right oh okay yeah and and they told me not they told me to relax they said you know oh it'll be fine but I was six days over and it was I was at that stage where you're like oh my god come on let's give birth already um yeah and then they they rushed me into theatre um gave me an epidural but that didn't fully work I felt the knife go in no I know you kind of wince but it's strange I didn't I don't remember feeling any anxiety about that at all all I wanted was this baby out because I couldn't understand why his little heart rate had dropped so significantly and so quickly um and it was it was a really odd feeling because um they put the screen up and my husband went the other side of the screen and then I couldn't hear him the baby crying and it was just the most horrific the, the longest sort of probably probably was only a few seconds but it felt like an eternity and then they put oxygen on him and he let out this big scream and it was the most beautiful noise I'd ever heard oh and did they say what the reason was for his heart um you know his heart rate changing it was it was ingesting meconium so there was meconium in my waters he'd basically baby poo who um, yeah in my waters and he had swallowed some and it's really serious um 
And that's what had put him into fetal distress, which had made his heart rate plummet. And do they know, um, Pinks, why that had why that happened? No, no. So it can happen to anybody at any point during the pregnancy, or does it happen at point of waters breaking? Well, they noticed the meconium in the waters when they broke them because they went in, and I wasn't—I'm trying to remember—I wasn't dilated much, but my ward—they broke my waters, I think, because. They were just trying, because I'd been in labour. I'd actually been in labour because I thought it was Braxton Hicks. Everybody goes on about these Braxton Hicks. Are, are they Braxton Hicks or are they actually, is yeah. it actually? Yeah. Well, actually, it'd been about 24 hours of labour pains and then it was excruciating. I mean, Jesus. I remember, I remember Wiggy taking a picture of me, like in the middle of a contraction. I was like, what the F are you doing? And he was, <laughs> quite important reference point. I went, get that thing out of my face. I was livid, but actually I was quite interested looking back. I was like, oh, let me have a look at that. I was grey. I was in so much pain. It was a joke. So so Wilf is delivered, um, yes. and obviously you've gone through a really traumatic birth because it was an emergency yes. C-section, obviously not how you'd planned to have baby. Mm-hmm. And then what do the next few hours look like after that? So then it was a really strange time because I suddenly – dropped off a cliff in terms of my own health and I don't know I can't remember the actual time frame I remember seeing him being completely in love and just feeling elated that he was alive and that actually after that after that panic because it really was a panic I remember being wheeled past my mum in the in the Chelsea in Westminster and looking up and seeing her face she's the calmest strongest woman I know and yet her face was puce and she was in floods of tears and she was you know obviously very scared for Wilf's and my life at that point um but anyway um with that initial panic was over and I thought oh great you know now we can just settle in I remember like begging Owen to get me a private room because I I said look you know I won't go privately but if you can get me a private room once he's born I just would love some privacy and have my friends and family there so we'd saved saved up all our money for this moment I remember getting wheeled into this private room and just thinking it was this incredible incredibly luxurious like hotel suite only (laughs) to just go off a cliff I mean I was just seriously ill and I had postpartum preeclampsia and I uh, just suddenly was swollen and felt horrific. And um, they took out, um, well, my blood pressure rocketed. That's why I suddenly felt very sick and um, like I was about to, I suppose having a stroke is the big um, yeah. fear, isn't it? That's the big risk. Um, anyway, then I remember my brother, I mean, oh, it was all a bit of a blur to be honest, but I remember my brother coming in and looking up at my brother and him being in tears. And I was like, oh my God, why is everyone crying? And he later told me it was that he was asked, he asked where my bed was because I went back onto high dependency and he asked where my bed was and they pointed to my bed and he said, no, that's not my sister. I'm looking for Natalie Pinkham. And they went, no, that is Natalie Pinkham. He didn't recognize me. Oh my God. Wow. So, so were you really swollen? Really swollen, like yellow. I just looked awful, yeah. And um, and then, <laughs> and I'm not quite sure where this comes in the order of things, but then this weird thing happened. I mean, it's such a horror story, isn't it? Like, I don't want to put women off having babies. But then I suddenly got this excruciating pain. They're taking the catheter out, and I got this excruciating pain 
in my bladder. And I couldn't work out what this was, but I started sort of screaming out and they said, I couldn't work out what it was. They eventually got the catheter back in and suddenly the bag just was filling up in front of our eyes. And it wasn't we, it was fluid from around my body was being absorbed into my bladder and the bladder had distended four times its maximum capacity. Oh my goodness. Oh my God. And it collapsed. And they said, if you you know, your bladder was about to burst, which is obviously, you know, oh. <laughs> so I, my bladder just like flopped almost like a sort of balloon that's been blown over size and then just suddenly deflated quickly. And, um, I added this thing they've worked out eventually called diabetes insipidus, which is this rare condition where, um, yeah, you, you basically lose fluid from your body, all over your body. And if you're trying to breastfeed, that's obviously a nightmare. But the only way you can test for it is um, is uh, liquid de- deprivation. And obviously you can't deprive a, a mum of water when you just give them birth and you're trying to feed a breastfeed a baby anyway so that was it I mean it's pretty gruesome detail sorry about that so does no, this no. does this condition only happen after giving birth or can you get this before giving birth as well because obviously you can get um yeah like you can yeah preeclampsia that's when we normally hear about it don't we like just yeah. you know yeah. and people are hospitalized until they give birth or they have to you know yeah. take time off work or whatever but I've never heard about getting it after I know and I hadn't either and it, it, you know my midwife did tell me it was very rare it was a strange reaction to Whatever. I mean, I've never really been able to prove what it is, but it was a, it was it was a complication postpartum. But you know, maybe my body went into a bit of shock after the surgery. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, but it took a long time for my body to kind of sort itself out. I remember the moment that you had been released from hospital and you went mm. home, and I came to visit you, and I mm. was expecting you. I think you'd kept it quite quiet about how horrendous that time was and the recovery time and what you were actually going through health wise. And I remember mm. you opening the door, and it. It was I know I can say this to you because I know you so well it was like looking at a little ill old lady like you could hardly <laughs> yeah. walk you know and you were in excruciating pain and, and you know you couldn't you could hardly pick Wilf up at that point because of the mm-hmm. c-section and all the rest of it and I and I remember seeing the sort of joy drain from your face because you were desperately mm-hmm. happy, to be happy after you know the birth but then at the same mm-hmm. time there was almost there was almost a grief there because of what you'd been through I mean it mm-hmm. was horrendous wasn't it yeah, it's really weird because, um, again, I remember talking to my mum about it and just sobbing every time I tried to talk. I definitely had some kind of, um, I, I'm ne- well, it was diagnosed as some kind of PTSD, some kind of yeah. shock reaction to it because yeah. I just, yeah, I really struggled. I mean, I was, um, I've never suffered before or after from mental health issues, but I remember having such a high level of anxiety because it was basically, it had gone against everything I'd prepared for. I think I just had this fairy tale notion of what birth would be like. And it was anything but, I mean, it was fraught with jeopardy and anxiety and, and all these emotions that I just wasn't used to feeling. And then I remember yeah. being physically unable to really um, look after my son. Luckily, I'd, I had a, ner- a nurse moved in with me and she basically looked after me and the baby and just made sure I took my meds on time because obviously I was on these um blood pressure medication that was you know crucial that I took and in fact 
one day, if she hadn't been there, you know, I dread to think what would happen. But she she looked at me and I said, I, I just feel so anxious and so physically and emotionally out of sorts. And she saw this rash, red rash going up my neck. And she said, look, we need to get you back into hospital. Sure enough, I went back in and they just, they kept me back in. They wouldn't let me go home again because, and I said, well, look, I'm going to be very anxious if I'm separated from my baby. So eventually they organized the Wilf to be brought to me back in hospital because I just said, it's going to get worse and worse. <laughs> my blood pressure is going to go through the roof if I'm, if he's not. Yeah. So at that point, Pink, so are they giving you any sort of inkling? Obviously not at that stage because you're just recovering from, from an actual labour. Um, yeah. But afterwards, in the sort of months afterwards, um, what, what's, what's the sort of mutterings from the doctors and how, how was your health? Do you know what? It was just very confusing. Um, and it's funny because when I'm trying to think back to Wilf, post-giving post birth to Wilf, post-giving birth to Willow, um, the two experiences do blur into one. And it's strange because they said to me that that wouldn't happen. I mean, they were all kind of like, look, what you've had is a million to one. Like, it's so rare what, you know, what what you've been through. And so I remember just sort of trying to talk myself down from all this anxiety. But I, re I remember just standing on the landing, um, frozen to the spot, like feeling guilty and weird about creeping into, because sh the nurse was sleeping with, in Wilf's room and I was yeah. sleeping next door and she wanted me to try and sleep because obviously it's such a good healer, isn't it? Mm. And, um, and I remember thinking, but I just need to go and check he's still breathing. And I just, I just remember being frozen to the spot in the landing for hours because I thought I can't go in there because I'll wake the nurse up and then she'll be like, go back to bed. But then it's my baby and I want to check that he's still alive. And I just, I just worked myself up into such a frenzy. And so I just didn't sleep and I just didn't heal and I just got worse. Um, yeah, it's really weird. And I remember one of my mates saying to me, I said, but, but you know, what What if he died? What if What if they hadn't got him out in time? What if, what if, what if, what if? And she said, yeah, but it didn't happen. So you've now just got to start sorting your head out. Yeah. But I think because I felt so rough physically and I was on all this medication, um, I couldn't sort myself out mentally. And how did you go about sort of picking yourself up again and getting back to some kind of normality? Um, again, on the advice of uh, my mum, just to keep talking until it didn't become so hard to talk about and make it kind of normal. I, me I remember yeah. not being able to listen to any song that was on my birthing playlist for about yeah, a year. Mm. Because if I heard a song, I would just burst into tears. And it's so weird, isn't it? Because it was the happiest time of my life. I'd become a mother. It's all I ever wanted. But I was, and I, and I described it as this at the time, that it felt like I was on a tightrope. And there was one side was um, agony and the other side was ecstasy. And I just yeah. felt teetering on this brink the whole time. And I couldn't. I don't know. And I felt guilty because I thought this is supposed to be the happiest time of my life. And it is. And, I've, and I felt such joy. And yet I felt guilty that I was in any way anything but joyous, you know, because everyone around me was celebrating, but I was really struggling. So we'll be back right after this. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Baffled, a brand new podcast bringing you some amazing facts that are complete nonsense. Imagine the likes that, that would get on Instagram, you having a quick one up a lamppost on the moon, incredible. So you basically <laughs> saying the reason the dinosaurs stopped living is because they all collectively made a decision to have no more children. Oh, they're talking, I think until 10 years ago, I, I still shared the bathwater that my parents were in. You can find us wherever you got this podcast. Just search for Baffled Amazing Facts. Now, let's pick up where we left off with our wonderful guest. Do you know what? Actually, we hear this a lot. Um, yeah. So much talk about this. And actually, I think both, well, me in particular, but I think both Georgia and I experienced this post-labor as well, that you have this vision in your head on how the birth is going to go. And you hear so many amazing stories. And that is lots of women's experience is going through birth, you know, no, no pain medication, everything goes to plan. But then there's the other side of the coin, which, you know, happened to all of us where our birthing plan doesn't go quite how yeah. we had it in our heads. And there is a real, and, and in some cases, you know, like yours, it, it goes to the extreme where humongous trauma happens and you do get, po- you know, postnatal depression, su- you know, suffering from some sort of post-traumatic stress. And it's it's a hell of a lot to deal with because you're trying to heal yourself and then you're trying to look after your newborn baby as well. Yeah, yeah. we hear a lot about, you know, when you've got a, a definite plan of how you want it to go and it doesn't go like that, mm. that that is something you know it can only it could even just sort of slightly go off and it still you know it can still send people into complete panic that things aren't um on the right track and like Zoe and I always say like if we could give any advice to anyone who's pregnant it's always just know that the plan it is just it's got to be flexible and it it's not always going to go like that and really you don't have that much control over it and you have to just go with your body and what your body needs and what it's going to happen so true that's so true I mean I think that's the thing you kind of constantly visualizing something um, yeah and suddenly what you're seeing is so far removed from that 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 in itself sends you into a bit of a spin doesn't it I did have this very rosy picture about how it was all going to play out and when it didn't conform to that and it was so markedly different from that it did send me into a real spin and then what it did was it um you know because I was mid to late 30s when I had Wilf and I was like and I remember my husband saying um you know come on we should try again for another one and I was like um right yeah I'm just (laughs) I'm just not mentally there at the moment but I knew what he meant I desperately wanted a sibling for Wilfie um and you know 
get, getting into my mid to late thirties, I was thinking, you know, I should probably crack on with it. Um, it felt like the last thing I wanted to do. And what was the advice from like the medical staff on getting pregnant again? Was there any sort of should you should be cautious or that it was such a rarity that you should just go for it and this next time around it will be fine it was genuinely considered that um it would never happen twice (laughs) they said look you are so so unlikely to have the same problems again um and I remember saying to them because I actually got I got pregnant again very quickly after Wilf and I know lots of women do um they're very fertile straight after they have their first baby, aren't they? So I actually had a miscarriage when I didn't even know I was pregnant. Mm-hmm. I had a miscarriage at a wedding. Would you believe it? Oh, my God. It was, like, horrendous. But, look, it's fine. It's, you know, you go through. But to be in the middle of a wedding wearing a yellow dress and suddenly having a miscarriage in the middle of the dance floor, I was like, what? Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, look, it is it is what it is. I'm very lucky to have two kids now. When was that? How how old was Will for miscarried? Six months. Right. Um, yeah. yeah, if that. So um and then and then we sort of got sorted that out, got over that. Um but it was really weird actually because I was actually so I went in to see my hero, who is Mark Johnson at Chelsea and Westminster, he actually saved me genuinely saved me because he was the one that diagnosed diabetes insipidus he was the one that kind of came in and said you cannot deprive this woman of fluids she needs to drink I'm telling you what it is and these are these are the next steps he came in and just sorted the whole thing out so I went back to him when I thought when I thought I had this miscarriage and he said look I have to tell you you actually this is going to happen in two parts this miscarriage I'm afraid there's still some to go have you ever heard of this where it can happen over two weeks Yes, I have. Yeah, I'd never heard of that before. And I was actually on air at the Italian Grand Prix when the second part happened. It was. Oh, my God. I've never actually told anyone this. I can't believe I'm saying it now. But I remember being on air and thinking, oh, God, this is what Mark warned me about. Because I thought, I've got to get back to work. Mum and Owen and Wilf all came to the Italian Grand Prix so that I could go back to work. And so Wilf would have been about seven months at the time, six, seven months. And, um, yeah, it happened on air. And I was just like, oh, my God, I've just got to get get to the end of the race. And I just ran to the loo. I ran to the medics in the, in the, um, at the F1 circuit in Monza. <laughs> and Natalie, look, what happens in that second part? Like, ha- what actually happens to your body? Like, I don't, I've never experienced it, so I don't know you just your body just rejects so it's 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 you know to put it graphically just a heavy bleed basically right yeah what about any cramping or any pain pinks and yeah and a lot of pain yeah a lot of pain um but look you know it's just you know you just get on with it don't you and then of course I then I do get pregnant again pretty soon afterwards with Willow and then find out that she's a twin (laughs) <laughs> so, yes I know that oh this is madness isn't it you're like you yeah did you tell anyone that you were pregnant with twins at the time no no I told my mum and she's basically said to me um look actually Owen had gone to Mexico to the Grand Prix I mean I should be the one going to Grand Prix but he did <laughs> <laughs> and um so I went to 
for an early scan because I knew I was pregnant. I went for an early scan with my mum and they said, you, you're actually pregnant with twins. I was like, oh. <laughs> I fell off the bed. I was like, no. And my mum said, well, this is probably the time I should tell you that, and I can't believe I haven't told you before, but she said, I was a twin. And I said, what? How do I not know this? And she said, well, we've got a history of it because obviously it goes down the maternal side and it skips a generation. Yeah. Kind yeah. Of pattern. And, um, but, but when, when my granny was pregnant with my mum, they didn't do scans in the same way, but she basically had a very heavy bleed during the pregnancy and was told she'd lost her baby. But then she carried on being pregnant and they said, all right, you actually were pregnant with twins. Oh my and God. then she found out that her mother was a twin and the ba- this the twin had died at birth. Oh my so God. This pattern had emerged whereby we lost a twin. The twin didn't go to full term. Um, and it was really weird because I remember going back to it for another scan and then they said to me, look, I'm really sorry, but you, you've lost the twin. Uh, you've lost one, but the other one's still there. And Owen celebrating and me kind of grieving in a way because I felt I felt like I'd lost something, whereas he felt, well, look, at least we've still got yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. They think um, about things in a very different way, don't they, because it's not happening mm. to their bodies. I know they try and understand, yeah. but it's very different, isn't it, to actually be told that yeah. you've lost one of your babies. I mean, that that in itself. And and how are you feeling at that point? Is there is there, again, elements of grief there for you during the pregnancy? I definitely felt um, very happy to be having another baby, really excited, but all the while just kind of wondering slightly. And, you know, and we discussed it and we said that we would tell Willow, you know, when she's old enough, but that it was just, it was one of those things. And my dad put it in a lovely way. He said, one has made way for the other, you know, Mm. Um, and Willow will be stronger for this and, I obviously didn't know her name was Willow at the time, but her, she will be stronger for this and, you know, hopefully um, be a very healthy, strong little baby. So um, she's a big baby, as she turns out. How many weeks were you when you found out that you'd lost um, the other twin? Um, I think I was like, it was pretty early. I think I was like 50, well, it, uh, would it have been the 20-week scam? Maybe yeah. And do they have to do that. anything? And do they no. have to do anything at the time? They just, no. they, okay. No, they say that it is quite common, actually, that a lot of women don't know about it if they don't get scanned early. And that was another reason why I tried not to get too emotionally kind of carried away with it. I just tried to focus my energy on her rather than the one that I'd lost. But I do remember feeling, you know, when I'd seen two heartbeats to and only see one. Yeah. One was sad. Mm. And then what was the rest of the pregnancy like and how did the birth go this time round? So the rest of the pregnancy was amazing. Um I was enormous. I literally looked like some sort oh of my lolly- God, I remember. <laughs> we went to the sports awards together and you were heavily <laughs> pregnant and you all you could talk about was how big you were and you were wearing that I I thought you looked absolutely incredible, but you were like, I'm giant, I'm massive. <laughs> do you reckon that was something to do with the fact that you were carrying two at the beginning? Or was she I just a big baby? I don't know. I, I mean, she was a big baby. Do you know, this was around the time of Zika. Do you remember when we didn't know what was yeah. going on? Yes. And because we'd been away in a Zika-affected area in first trimester, they wanted to keep 
they wanted to keep scanning me regularly, which was great actually, because I could like keep track of her. Um, but they all they kept saying, "Look, there's no there's no concern about Zika here. This 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 baby's head is big, and the baby's big, and you know." I was like, "Wow." <laughs> Um, but she, um, yeah, she was a great pregnancy, but I just had these, I've always had scrawny little legs and then to have this big tummy, I just look ridiculous. <laughs> I look like, um, Mr. Bump, you know, <laughs> oh no, which, which, the, which the pink one with the big belly? No, Mike Lazowski, Mike Lazowski <laughs> from uh, Monsters Inc. That's why I used to call you. <laughs> 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 and what was your birth plan like? Second time so, round. So, so this was interesting. So I decided, and I, I definitely felt quite anxious, not about the pregnancy, but about the birth. And I remember um, going in and basically saying, because I'd moved house, so I was at a different hospital. And I remember saying, to them, "Please, can I have an elected C-section?" And they tried to talk me out of it. They said, "No, you know." I said, "You don't understand. I just feel so anxious after the first birth." And they said. Um, no, look, it won't happen again. It's so so unusual. I said, look, please, I've genuinely got anxiety about it. And I just burst into tears. And they said, okay, and eventually I taught them, persuade them. Because obviously it, it's a cost. Yeah. And I do get it, but I just felt very strongly about this. And um, actually, initially, and actually the birth itself was great. But what happened <laughs> was two, in, two really interesting things. One was that... Um, he said, Would, could you do a thing called a natural C-section? I said, right, what's that? And he said, what's well, where I cut you open? But she pushes herself out and it simulates the birth canal because because obviously one of the criticisms of not giving having a natural birth is you don't have baby's lungs aren't squeezed on the way out and get rid of all that phlegm. Right. And so he said, this is a way of simulating that. So we dropped the screen. I've actually got the video if you oh want to see God, it. Oh, my God, wow. <laughs> I love it. It's really cool. I love. I mean, I loved. It. I watched the whole thing, and uh, Wiggy filmed it. And I just love Wiggy. Sorry, my husband Owen. Um, he filmed it, and uh, it's it's incredible. She put a little arm out, and she clamped onto the surgeon's finger, and basically <gasps> pulled herself out. Oh my oh, god! What? I want to see that. <laughs> you want to see it? It's so cool. I mean, it's it pretty. I mean, she looked like a little dinosaur coming out of an egg. It was amazing. And um, but what was really interesting is when I showed the video to the nurse because the same nurse came back to help me this time as with Wilf. She watched the video back and she said, "Oh my god, look here!" And she zoomed in and you could see the cord wrapped three times around Willow's foot. So had we gone for a natural birth, she would have got stuck in the birth canal. Yeah. Oh wow. That's incredible that she, that she clocked that. Yeah, she Whoa. clocked that. She was like, thank God you had a C-section. So that was just another little added thing. And just another reason to go with your gut instinct yeah. and push and push for what you think is right for you. Yeah, totally. Listen, every birth in my book is a minor miracle. In fact, a major miracle. I just think you can never lose sight of how miraculous birth really is. And it's, yeah. not, and it's not easy and it's not always straightforward. Sometimes it is, but it's, sometimes it's not. And you've got to sort of take it in your stride and accept that human life coming into this world is an amazing thing and it's um it's not always plain sailing 
I always think it's really interesting as well to get a real range of birth stories. I'm fascinated yeah. by birth because like you said earlier on, that's birth, no birth, no one birth is the same ever. And, yeah. you know, every experience is different. And I think for me, I think I hold a little bit of not grief, but maybe kind of confusion as to why more people didn't tell me what could happen. And I fought and fought and fought for days. You know, I was in labor for three days in the end, just like I've got, you know, I've got to push her out naturally and I don't want any pain. And it's like, I I don't think I heard enough stories or at least people didn't tell me or I didn't do my research about what could happen and kind of being more fluid with it. Like we said, Georgia, you know, going with the flow and really listening to your body during those um, um, contractions and what you know and kind of getting a feel of it that way rather than being stuck on one way of doing yeah. it yeah I also think just the more people talk about their birth stories the more like accepted everything will be like for instance epidural I didn't I didn't NCT class I remember telling you so and she put like all of the different methods of pain relief on the on this board and she put epidural in red like it was really 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 bad and luckily my mum had had an epidural and she, she said to me well it was the most amazing thing <laughs> that they ever could have done for me and if you could have one you absolutely should have one so with Axel I had no sort of qualms about just saying listen I want one because of my yeah. mum but yeah. thinking back I don't remember anyone else saying that to me like mm. everyone sort of celebrated oh I did it without any pain relief oh you don't want to have an epidural because then you won't feel your legs there was no sort of do you know what it's actually amazing and it's there to take the pain away yeah <laughs> that's what it's there for for that I mean for god's sake you've got an elf else to be dealing with you don't want to be judged for having an epidural exactly you know, talking about getting your mind fixed on certain things, uh, Wiggy always tells me, reminds me of the story where I was was obsessed with my um, physio ball, you know, like the big the, the ball, right, <laughs> sitting on it whilst I was in labour. And um, I was in labour, like screaming, and he was putting me into the, um, the car to drive me to the hospital. And apparently I went, stop the car, stop the car, <laughs> get my ball. And he was like, Are you joking, nutter. Like, no, go back and get the ball. Mum was going, no, no, Nats, we really need to get... I said, go and get my ball. He put, gets the ball, puts it into the boot of the car, is sat in the boot of the car for about <laughs> seven days. The car was basically in Chelsea Westminster car park for six days because I just didn't leave high dependency. And he was like, that bloody ball is still <laughs> They are good though, those balls. Um, that's, I feel like the story isn't over. You gave birth to Willow. Yeah. <laughs> I don't no. think we're quite finished. I, know, I just feel like I'm getting the old violin out. I feel, like, I feel guilty for like harping on about it because it's no, like when you look back at it all now, and this is what I remember focusing on at the time thinking, one day this will be a distant memory and you'll have two kids and it will be great and your body will feel normal again. But I remember just after Willow was born, um, feeling brilliant. And then a day later, everything just went again in me. My whole body just stopped working again. It was so weird. I got the postpartum preeclampsia back. But I had this thing thing called uh, post-operative ileus, ileus, ileus. Someone will correct me on my pronunciation of that. But basically, it happens to old people, apparently, after surgery, where your body goes into some sort of shock. And my bladder, bowel and intestine all stopped working. <laughs> it's oh, like, my God. 
It was the weirdest thing. And I remember days after giving birth, still looking nine months pregnant because my whole body had swollen out. I mean, it's so attractive. And, um, and uh, just being in the most excruciating pain, but my whole body just sort of went into shock. And they were trying to work out what the hell was going on. They couldn't, they couldn't suss it. And um, I remember, I remember coming back in the car. You've got to always focus on the funny moments. I remember coming back in the car and going, "Oh, there's because they left the catheter in." This is even when they eventually let me go home. They left the catheter in, and I sit <laughs> sitting in our brand new car and got out outside the house, and there was just like a puddle of water all around my. What the hell is going on? I said, I've no idea. I think I've spilt a bottle of water or something. But actually, they just hadn't screwed my catheter in properly. Oh no. my gosh! Oh, I couldn't even feel it. It was just going all over the floor. Oh my god! <laughs> How long did you have to put the catheter in for? Oh god, six weeks easily. <gasps> Are you wow! It's so funny because your husband really kind of earns his stripes, doesn't he, in this period? Yeah. It's where I remember being in the. I remember being in one of those those showers in the hospital, you know, which is just like the whole. Yeah. It was like I was just lying on the floor naked, because I didn't have any strength to get up, and I was sort of like in the fetal position, and he was just squirting me down with a hose. I thought. <laughs> I bet Wiggy enjoyed that secretively, knowing the way that I do. Oh my god! It must have been so gross for him. Seriously. I just love what your partners go through during during birth because they're obviously they're obviously seeing things that they have never ever ever seen before, and it's happening to our mm. body. But they have to be kind of really resilient throughout the whole thing, and um, you know, bring a bit of humour as well. Like I've told the story before, but when um, I would had my epidural with Kit, and basically my daughter's uh, my daughter, my husband's got the my worst, the worst stomach, and he's got terrible wind, and he just drops ass the whole time everywhere. Doesn't care, he just farts constantly, and I suddenly <laughs> smelt this really horrible smell in the room, and I was like, oh, Dozer, I was like, that's disgusting. I was like, I've just given birth to your son and, um, and he was like oh yeah no sorry Zoe really really sorry about that the next day I was like joking around with the midwife going oh yeah it was really awful wasn't it yesterday when my daughter when my husband uh, farted in the room and he and, and Dozer just looked at me and went just shook his head and went no that wasn't you shut the bed and I was like okay <laughs> I shut the bed oh. but he took it for me when all the people were around so that's fine oh. <laughs> Oh, that's, that's so good. You. That's loyalty. I love it. Before we um we say goodbye, um at the end of um every podcast, we like to ask our our guest for their five favorite products just around motherhood basically. The things that you absolutely cannot live without. I was sort of trying to think about products that work well in lockdown because I think that's probably quite yes. useful. Yes, <laughs> definitely. Okay, so well, my number one is podcasts. This one. Yay. Um, and obviously my own one in the pink because <laughs> 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 going. but they really have though I've, I think they've kept yeah. us connected in a way that nothing else has and I've seen such a spike in people downloading podcasts because people are craving content and craving feeling connected so that is uh, my first one as a mum this podcast is just the saviour um you. I so that's one um my Magic Away Liquid Concealer from Charlotte Tilbury. Oh, oh yes. That is 
bloody brilliant, isn't it? Because we all look knackered at the moment. Well, I do. And I just put a little bit of that on and suddenly I feel normal again. Um, in fact, all the Murad skin products I love. Um, so go, go Murad. They've been sending me stuff, which is amazing. It's kept me going. Um, now, I've got another one for you. The best thing I've bought in the whole of lockdown has been a instantly inflatable bouncy castle. <laughs> That's such a good idea. It is brilliant. It goes up in 10 seconds. You just plug it in. It goes whoop, and it's up. The kids go nuts on it. It's tiny because we've got a tiny little postage stamp size garden because we live in London. But it will fit anywhere. It can go indoors or outdoors. And they will play on it for hours. So if anyone wants to invest, that has been my best investment. And where did you get it from? I got it on Amazon. It was Amazon. called it was called Homcom, H O M C O M, inflatable bouncy castle. Brilliant. Amazing. Brilliant. Love that. Final one, which is brand new, hot off the press, is this thing called Hun Wine, H U N, and it's wine in a can. Oh, and good wine, really good wine. It's like Provence rosé, and lovely. it's it's really well priced. It's not expensive. But what I've been finding is, at the end of the day, you you fancy a drink, but you don't want to open a whole bottle because then it gets spilt or wasted or it goes gets warm. These little cans of Hun wine have been my saviour. Hun wine, H U N. Where can yeah, people I mean, buy I'm them? I'm like a real boozer now. Well, actually, I don't sound like a boozer because I'm only having one little can at the end of the day. Oh, there's no judgment here, Binks. You drink no. as much as you want in lockdown. There's no rules. Where can people buy these Hun wines? Well, you just have to look online because they are literally launching right now. So um, we've only ju- they've only just come onto the market. They've literally launched this week, but they're brilliant. They do white rosé and sparkling rosé. Amazing. Brilliant. Oh, I love it. Love that. And another shout out to Mark Johnson, my amazing obstetrician from Chelsea and Westminster. Proper hero. He saved so many babies' lives and he saved my dignity as well. Oh, okay. Love that. And um, the piece of advice that you would either give to a new parent um, or, the yeah, I guess just the piece of advice that you would have wanted to have, have heard as a new parent. Well, I, th- I just think don't be too tough on yourself. Um, yeah. You know, it's hard. Just feel your way. You know yourself. You know your baby. Um, don't worry about what others are saying or thinking or judging. You like, you know, it's it's tough being a new mum. It's incredible. It's the best feeling in the world. I feel genuinely blessed. I I don't feel like um, I don't like it when mums complain. But we also need to be honest with each other and just you know tell the truth. Um, and you know that th- th- there's a happy compromise isn't there between speaking the truth and how you really feel and complaining so um if we can kind of walk that line together then that's great mm, I love yeah, that yeah yeah I mean it's brilliant I just want to say a public thank you for forcing <laughs> me to go on a date with my now husband because if uh, it wasn't for you, I would not have my two beautiful babies that uh, are in the kitchen and it was you that was that you basically kicked me out of your kitchen you had just had Wilf and you're like what the fuck are you doing here on a Saturday afternoon surely you should be on a date with someone and you were like go on a date with Dozer and I got in a taxi and went straight around there so thank you oh I love it <laughs> he's a good egg he's a good egg you can spot that a mile off so yes and you needed you deserved 
all the happiness in the world. So I'm glad you and, got it. And a kick up the ass. Thanks, mate. Um, <laughs> all right, Thank you. you. Thanks so much. Thanks so much. Bye, girls. Take care. Oh, I absolutely love Nats. That was such so a fun do I. Story, wasn't it? I just, I'm so honest. And yeah. I really feel like it's such a safe space to talk about your experiences on this podcast. And I feel like she really didn't hold back, which I really appreciate. Because, you know, like casting your mind back to something so traumatic, you might actually want to protect yourself and not tell the truth. And I feel like she just went for it then. I really, really love her. Yeah, so did I. I also love that she can find some humour in like the absolute chaos. Um, but when she was talking about uh, like all the wee on the floor, and I mean, no, I think I've so spilled, much. I think I must have spilled a bottle of water. It's like, no, nah, that's actually your wee on the floor. Yeah, it's just wee all over the floor. <laughs> There's so much, so many weird situations you get into, like obviously after you've just had a baby, but also during labour that you never ever think would happen to you. And it's just, I love you can just look back and laugh about it and it's weird um, isn't it to think that well I mean I definitely won't be going through it again you no I won't be no, no, well, no, no, no. never say never June no 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 I do say never like <laughs> generally I say never unless I remarry <laughs> um, uh, and it's like I don't know a stipulation or something yes yeah, so- only way somebody told me who's not a vegan who likes gardening yeah, yeah, someone who put their hand down the drain because <laughs> they're not scared of rats. That would be <laughs> ideal. Anyone? Love you, Jane, Anyone out there? <laughs> uh, right, G, let's get into our product. Um, I'm going to kick yeah. things off. Nat's talked about... Um, um, Hun wine. So I'm going to talk about Two Birds Spirits. Um, this is actually my friend's dad's company. And, oh my God, they it's the most beautiful packaging buy them online deliver to your door um we had some vodka some gin and these really beautiful like you know when you're on holiday and you get those really massive glasses that yes. kind of you can have your gin and tonic they're like fish bowls and they're as big as your yes house. Yeah, yeah i know a couple of those as well which we've got and we're going to have some over the weekend so yeah oh. really yeah perfect i love them it's nice to treat yourself to nice drinks like yeah. at the moment especially yes we're all drinking um alcohol. well this is non-alcohol related this is um, a Strider bike. So I bought Axel a Strider balance bike for his second birthday and he's still totally fine on it now. So he's coming up to four. Um, and what I didn't realise is you you can actually have a Strider bike from like 12 months old. So Gigi's got one and it goes on a little rocker. Um, just because it's, yeah, so you literally, it just, she sits, like, it sits in this, yeah, like, rocker thing, and she just sits on the bike and can rock, and then, obviously, when she starts walking and running around, then we can take it off the rocker, and then, obviously, as she gets bigger, it just, it grows with her, and she can have it till she's five. I just think, like, I don't know about you, but... Gigi's one next month and I've just been looking around at the stuff that I bought Axel for his first and second birthday just to see what's still around like that hasn't been chucked away and only lasted a few months I think that's key isn't it because these things just cost so much money and if you're having to buy and update things every single year it just gets too expensive so if you can actually have something that lasts for four years that's the win yeah it's a bit more expensive but it grows with them so I just think yeah so much better to invest in in something that's going to last yeah than just all these throwaway things love that um number three on the list today is fancy dress outfits not for yeah you. <laughs> oh i thought we was going to talk about our nurses <laughs> costumes so. so halloween outfits um <laughs> 
fancy dress outfits for the kids both um well all of our kids absolutely love getting dressed up right and yeah. I, I think i've shown this on our instagram before that i've done luna and isla a little rail of um fancy dress dresses that i've got from various you know amazon and the supermarkets and stuff anyway i've just yeah. got it fireman sam he's got this new helmet which you click it and it sings, when you hear that fire alarm. I'm going to post a photograph. He looks so cute in it and he loves it. And he's been running around saying, buyer, buyer, buyer. Oh, um, I you, love that. You were saying that um, you can buy them on a cardo. Yeah, you can. So Melissa and Doug, which is one of the brands which we absolutely love, they do amazing fancy dress costumes. They've got loads on a cardo now. I don't know if they've always had it or if it's just like recently. Yeah. But um, Axel got a racing driver um, costume on there. It's got a proper hard helmet, like a steering pad, everything. And mm-hmm. it's nicer just to do when I'm doing my shop anyway, just to add on like a few little bits to keep him entertained. It's really good. Really, really yeah. good. It used to be Verb Clico for us and now it's... It did. Fun. No, exactly. <laughs> um, something else I got on a cardo though, which was like a pound, a pat one pound fifty, something like that. It's in there. They do pocket money toys, and I think they're like three for two or whatever. But it's this bouncy putty. It's tiny, and you can mould it. But it, but like it, literally, you can just chuck it, and it bounces everywhere. I thought, you know, oh, we'll see, see how it goes down. Axel played with it for absolutely ages. Um, and he still got it and he still picks it up and he's chucking it against the wall and loving that it's bouncing off like things in the kitchen. <laughs> but it's actually, yeah, it's really, really good and so, so cheap. So definitely recommend getting something like that. Perfect. Love that. Um, now, this is a little bit more expensive, but obviously because we've just moved house and I, we've got, you know, a really nice garden, I wanted to do something special for the kids so that they could have something to look forward to. And I've wanted a mud kitchen for ages. Yes. And I, yes. And I found this really amazing one on Argos, actually. And we'll obviously link all these products. It was £110, but... Yep. Um, it's a really lovely wooden one and it comes with some saucepans and various other bits and pieces and I just know that the kids will use it and play and play and play and play and play with it and that's what I want really um you know just lo- love love having them outside and obviously in lockdown our, our yeah options are limited in terms of what we can do and where we can go and stuff so I just thought if we had a good setup in the garden so yeah loving that and I'm going to pick it up tomorrow morning so I will let you know how we get on I shall remind you to pick it up oh yeah thanks, thanks, thanks. <laughs> no I'm thinking of getting Gigi one for her birthday so I'll be really interested interested to see what it's like yeah, definitely get one as well I'll let you know um right yeah. G, that's it um for us for today so we're going to be back on friday with our expert podcast we can't wait for yeah. you to um have a listen it's going to be a good one and um as always we'd love you to rate review and subscribe to the podcast and please tell one of your mum mates about it if, if you know they're not listening yes please do and drop us a message at made by mamas or on zoe's own channel at zoe hardman and we will see you on friday see you then thanks for listening to the podcast we know times are very difficult right now and if you want any more information about coronavirus go to nhs.uk slash coronavirus ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.